slide on there for Mother's Memorial. I don't know where that's it. I hope I've got the right slides up there tonight. <clears throat> we'll find out pretty soon. <laughs> Mother's Memorial is due this coming Sunday. It's the deadline this Sunday is Mother's Memorial. So please keep that in mind. And if uh, while you remain standing, our ushers, if you don't have one, they'll get you one of these. If you'll wave your hand real big, a handout for our Bible study tonight. Yes, you're welcome. There's a lot going on in our nation right now, and I hope you guys are praying about this Supreme Court nominee. And uh, this thing is extremely, extremely important. Um, the Democrats and those that are opposing this, they understand the importance of it. The senator from Illinois, he said, he told his other fellow senators on that side of the aisle, he said, if you have to give up your seat to stop this, it'll be worth it. So that's the price they are putting on it themselves. The reason why there's about four that are on the hot seat, if they vote against it, they probably won't get back to the Senate because they're going to be in tough races already in their, in their states. And so that's what he's talking about. But he put that value on it. He said, he said, if we have to give up our seat to stop this, we better stop it. So if they feel that strong for it, against it, we should feel that strong for it. Because I'm telling you, this is the reason why we voted for this president. It was not for four years or eight years of a presidency. It's for 30 years of a Supreme Court. This, this is the whole thing right now. You may be seated. And so I hope you'll be praying about it. I hope you understand what's going on. This is extremely important. I mean, they, they're, they're really really live it right now with what happened. They, they are saying that the one quote-unquote real, very, very, very liberal judge that's sitting on the bench should have resigned when Obama was in office and allowed him to put another liberal on the seat, but he, she didn't. <laughs> and now that her age, I, if we can get our president elected for another four years. She's probably not going to make it to the end of his, which means we may get another conservative seat, which means, folks, we might get to back to something that kind of looks kind of like the United States of America again. So instead of some Europe country, European country that's lost their minds, but uh, I'm telling you, this is important. I hope you're praying about this. Uh, the numbers are there to make it happen. Everything looks good, but boy, I'm telling you, this thing is bigger than some men and women sitting in a room voting called senators. This is a spiritual thing that's going on. I mean, this is about righteousness, folks. And uh, so you need to be praying about that, and I have lots more to say about that, but I'm not going to do that tonight. Welcome to Bible study. We're going to our doctrine again tonight, and we're going to look at a verse that some of you have probably seen before. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. As Bishop's already talked about. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Then Peter said unto him, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And tonight we're going to focus on that second one. But before we do, I just since it's been two weeks since we've had a Bible study, June the 20th, I want to rehearse about five or six slides here. And that was going back to repentance. Feeling sorry for or regretting something you have done wrong isn't repentance from dead works. Somebody said, well, that's, that's not right. That's not just feeling bad. See, we must have more than a feeling of sorrow in order to be saved. See, people, there are people that regret that they did it, but then they continue to do it. <laughs> they feel sorry maybe that they got caught, or they feel sorry in the moment in time, but then they continue to continue to continue to continue to do it. That's not repentance. That's not repentance. And uh, here's another one. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Repentance must be a godly sorrow so deeply felt that it produces a change of mind, attitude, and direction in your life. Now that is repentance. It's more than words where you come to an altar and say, I'm sorry. It's about everything in your life changing to align itself with the will of God and with his word. Here's one, an example. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God and also serve Balaam. Repentance begins with an admission of guilt. <laughs> we live in a world where... No one ever does anything wrong. <laughs> no one ever does anything wrong. I wonder how many cases there actually anybody goes to court and when the judge says, and how do you plead? They say, not guilty. I don't think there's very many that say, guilty, because <laughs> no one is guilty. Repentance begins with an admission of guilt. If you can't ever admit you're wrong, you're never going to get it right. Repentance. Repentance from dead works is turning from repenting of and changing our mind about works or actions that produce spiritual death or separation, separation from God in our lives. Here we go. Repentance produces change. Bottom line. Repentance produces change. Amen. We've, the Lord has been really blessing us here at the Palace of Praise. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've had a lots of guests that have been coming to the Palace of Praise. And not only are they just coming and visiting, but they're coming to our altars and they are praying, folks. And so I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Amen. <clears throat> we need to see that at our altars. I go back to our verse that I started with, and then Peter said unto them, Repent, which we just looked at just a little bit there of stuff we've already studied two weeks ago, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, sins. and that's what we're going to focus on tonight is baptism, 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 and baptism is revealed both in the Old and the New Testament, folks, it's revealed in both. Baptism wasn't just a brand new thing when we moved over to the New Testament. God said, well, why don't we add this thing called baptism to it now? No, folks. It's both Old Testament and New Testament. 
I want us to look at some verses, and most of these are in your notes there that you can have. But now all these things happen unto them for in samples, or that means examples. And they are written for our admonition, or that means instruction, upon whom the ends of the world or age are come. So now these things, and we're going to look and see how this fits into the context of this portion of Scripture. This is verse 11. We're going to look at some of the first verses of 1 Corinthians 10 in just a moment. But it's important you get this. Now all these things happen unto them for examples. And they are written for our our instruction in these things. And what he's dealing with in the first verses you're going to see is things um, from the Old Testament. They're there for a reason, folks. Now, these things were our our example to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. That's verse 6 of that very same chapter. It's saying you should learn from the children of Israel. (laughs) You should learn from what they did and what they didn't do. And that should be an example for us here in the New Testament church. Somebody say amen. Here's a statement. The New Testament is enfolded in the Old Testament and the Old Testament is unfolded in the New Testament. And I hope you'll get that. But the New Testament is enfolded. It's inside of the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is unfolded or revealed and what we see in the New Testament. Again, God had a plan from Genesis in regards to the cross of Calvary and the new birth experience. It wasn't a last moment decision, folks. It was for thousands of years God working his plan throughout the Old Testament to get to where we are today. Here's another one. For the law having a shadow. Everybody say shadow. Shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things. Now this is important. Shadow. A shadow is distorted because a shadow isn't really the exact image. (laughs) I mean, if the sun's at a certain thing, the, the shadow can be larger than the actual person or thing that's casting the shadow. So it's distorted by that. So he's saying, and the law having a shadow of good things come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers there unto perfect. It's not perfect. The law was not perfect. There were flaws in the law, folks. The law of God was perfect. What he said was perfect. But for the humanity to be able to follow that, they didn't have the power inside of them to help them follow that law. So they were constantly failing because they didn't have that power. Humanity cannot live with all the do's and the don'ts. You need the Spirit of God to help you to do the do's and don'ts of the Bible. If an individual doesn't get the Holy Ghost, even if they repent and they don't get the Holy Ghost, they're going to have a hard time living for God because they are not going to have the power to follow the Word of God in the do's and the don'ts. That was the problem with the law. 
That's exactly what was the law. Here's another saying. The new is the old contained and the old is by the new explained. It's another one. The new is the old contained <laughs> and the old is by the new explained. Now, I hope you brought your Bibles tonight because I'm going to actually make you work a little bit. But you, Bishop, you know where we're going to go? John chapter 3. Okay, I told you you preached my message, but... John chapter 3, if you would go there, we're going to look at the word of the Lord tonight. I didn't even put that in your little flyer because I figured that way you'd fall asleep. So I'm going to make you work just a little bit. I hope that's all right. John chapter 3, we're dealing with baptism tonight. We're going to get into this thing because, folks, we got the book. You know, I don't shy away from teaching this. I can spend two or three weeks on this baptism thing because... I don't have anything in the Word of God I'm going to have to make sure you overlook. <laughs> Let's make sure we don't go to this chapter because that kind of contradicts what I'm teaching you today. <laughs> no, we got the book on you, Brother Pilate said. If anybody wants to help us tonight by reading John chapter 3, verses 1 through maybe 4, and then we'll do somebody else 5 through 8, if you'd help us out, read that nice and loud. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Five through eight. Yes, go ahead, sir. some words in there you don't see in regular books, do you? Amen. Canst and all those things. You did well, Lisa. Now look, look at this. Except a man be born of the, I think we heard that somewhere tonight, somewhere. Born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, my wife and I, we've had eight kids. All eight kids, there was water there and there was spirit. There was also blood. All of them were there. For you to have a birth, first there's going to have to be something's going to have to break and you say your water break. And then for there to be a birth and not a steel birth, there's going to have to be spirit. Has to be life. There's to be the human spirit and then that's when you have a birth. So you have to have water, there's going to be blood there, but you also have to have spirit or you're going to have life, or you don't have a birth. That's physical. It happened with all eight of ours. All eight was that way. And everybody that's in this house born, that's what happened with you too. 
mandatory, folks. Now look at this. 1 Corinthians 10, we read, 1 Corinthians 10 talks about types and shadows. Types and shadows. This is extremely important for you to get. Types and shadows. Types and shadows is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And what that means is there are things in the Old Testament that you look at and you see one thing, but when you get over into the New Testament, it's revealed to you really the depth of the meaning of what that really represented or what was going on there. And that was a type. Shadows of things that happened in the Old Testament, but they were really cast in the, to hear where we are today in the year 2018. So in verses 1 through 4, we read verse 11 and we read verse 6. And we talked about our shadows and we talked about the examples in those verses. Now we're going to look at these four verses prior to him talking about these are types and shadows. Now we're going to look at what he was referring to when he said this is types and shadows. Looking at verse number 1 through verse number 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you want to, you can go there and make sure that it's actually in the Bible. Because the last time I looked it was in the Bible. But it may have moved. So this is right here in this biblical Bible. Yes. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I've got it on screen. So now these are the four that he's referring to 11 types. Now then, let's go see what was said. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and, oops, and all passed through the sea. Type, verse 11 He's looking back up and he's saying, hey, there's some types and shadows here. There's some examples here that we need to look at. And this is what he's talking about. Next verse. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the and in type. <laughs> and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. <laughs> Isn't this beautiful, folks? <laughs> We're talking about types. When he gets down to 11, he said, what I'm telling you back up here, it's pointing to the New Testament church, folks. See, baptism here is in reference to Israel crossing the Red Sea as they are leaving Egyptian bondage. They're being set free. And the Bible says they were all baptized unto Moses. Baptism was getting them from their bondage to their freedom. Old Testament. Baptism for us was getting us from our bondage to our freedom. New Testament, word applied. <laughs> Baptism, folks. God started laying things in place all the way back in the Old Testament to support the new birth message today. Now look at this. Remember what Jesus said. Remember what he said. 
He said, except a man be born of and of the... He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now then what verse did we read? We read this. And were all, everybody say all. Every one of the children of Israel that came out of Egypt, all of them went through the Red Sea to get to their freedom type. And everybody who's going to get free from this world and get into the kingdom of God is going to have to go through the waters of baptism. Can't go any other way. Now the Bible says Jesus led, or God led them down beside that place. Why? Because he said they don't need to go through the Philistines because they're not used to war and they're going to turn back and other. But I believe it's a bigger message than that. I believe the reason why he sent them down that side when he could have easily sent them down this side of the Red Sea is because he was again establishing a type for the new birth message today, folks. Look at this. We're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now look at this. The pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire are types of the Spirit of God. That was the presence of God that was leading and guiding them, folks, way back there in the Old Testament. It's a type. That's what he's saying. He, Paul's saying, he said, look, at this is a type. Now look at this. What was the purpose of the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire? What was it? Why, why was it there? Why was the pillar of cloud there and why was the pillar of fire there? Very simple. It was to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He said, follow me. <laughs> and you know how I'm going to appear, Moses? A cloud and a fire. As long as you stay with that, you're going to be all right. Now get this. <laughs> Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. Psalm 105, 38, and 39. This is in Psalm. What was it? A cloud for a covering, protection, and fire to give light in the night. All to lead them and to guide them on how to get from Egypt to the promised land where God wanted them to be. Folks, this word of God's really good. I'm going to turn this off so I can cough. Now, get this. Ready? Where did the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire lead the children of Israel? <laughs> it led them to the water. <laughs> it led them to the water. If you're led by the Spirit of God and you're hungry to know how to get to God, He's going to lead you to the water. Because the Spirit of God knows the only way you can get into the kingdom of God is through the water. So if it's the Spirit of God that's revealing us to you, folks, He's going to take you to the water, not take you around the water. <laughs> Some people say baptism is not important. Excuse me, then you're not led by the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God will lead you to the water and through the water. Amen. Here again, Old Testament concealed, New Testament revealed. 
Old Testament concealed. They didn't, you couldn't figure this out by just looking at what was happening in the Old Testament. But now when we get to the New Testament, wow, this is revealed to us exactly really what God was doing. Now look at this. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide, guide you into what? For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall, he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Again, Old Testament type, and now the New Testament. Thank God for the spirit of truth that will lead you into all truth. The children of Israel didn't get lost on their way to Canaan land because they had a cloud and they had a fire that was leading them exactly the way God had wanted them to go. And let me tell you something. If you're hungry for God, you're really hungry for God, the spirit of truth will lead you the exact path you need to go to be born again of the water and the spirit. Oh, hallelujah. That's the reason why I have confidence that people who are sitting in churches right now, if they really are hungry for God, and if they're really desiring to have God, the spirit of truth is still active today to lead them to truth. He'll lead them to repentance. He'll lead them to... Desiree, am I not telling the truth? Sitting in his church and he told me, I felt like there was more. I felt like there was more here. And I knew there was more. Spirit of truth leading you to where? Till we could baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Oh, hallelujah. Now look at this. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea and... The waters were a walled unto, wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And folks, while they, and then as they walked through the water, or walked through the water was, the pillar of cloud was above them. Walls of water on both sides. A cloud. Do we see a type and a shadow here? And a cloud that was above them as they're journeying across where this water was. And he refers to it as being baptized unto Moses. <laughs> where? In the cloud and in the sea. Now look, this is a spiritual analog of both spirit and water baptism, which are essential in completing the born again experience. Cloud representing the Spirit of God. Water because you have to be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to have both water and Spirit is exactly what he told Nicodemus. Hallelujah. Don't it feel good to be walking in truth and the book backs you up? Don't it feel good to be able to read the Word of God and say, that's what I'm doing. That's what I believe. It's right there. Isn't it great that the Old Testament doesn't contradict what you believe in the New Testament, but it actually backs it up? This is a great, for people to say, hey, you need to be sprinkled. That's not in the Bible. We don't even back it up in the Bible. There's nothing to back that up. 
But man, we've got, I, I, I know we're going to have more than one Bible study on this baptism because there's a lots of stuff we need to look at here. But I'm just going to kind of scratch the surface just a little bit tonight. But folks, this is what he's talking about, the water and the spirit. Now look at this. Jesus said these words. And that repentance and... Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now, I think I heard that statement, remission of sins, somewhere. We're in the world. We've heard that somewhere before, remission of sins, remission. Where is that verse? Where is that verse? Oh, there it is. Then Peter said unto them, repent and... Every one of you in the, for the, and that repentance and, oh, but the way we're going to do this remission of sins things is through baptism. And Jesus said the way you're going to get the remission of sins is in, in his name. In his name is where you're going to get remission of sins. That's the reason why you knew, baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It all fits together, folks. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Everybody say his name. And what is his name? Among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Look at this. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Who became the head of the corner? Jesus became the head of the corner. That's what he said in this verse. Now look at the next verse. Neither is there salvation. Everybody say salvation. In any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that name is? Remission of sins is in the name of? We got to be baptized in the name of? And nothing else will work. Amen. That's the book, folks. Oh, hallelujah. Man, this is great. I'm getting excited. Now look at this. Go ye therefore and teach. Oh, wait, we can't, we can't look at that verse. It contradicts what we believe. Mm -mm. This is a great one God verse right here. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. How, how many names is that? Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, I did a little extra work there on your pages, but baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, for those who would like to do some diagramming of sentences here, let's do a little diagramming of sentences. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Well, kids in the school, they know this. We're going to eliminate any of those ands there because those are conjunctions and then we're going to look at some things there that are in color and so since of the Father is a prepositional phrase I think I'll cross it out and of the Son since it's a prepositional phrase I think I'll cross it out 
And since of the Holy Ghost is a prepositional phrase all referring back to what? The name, I'll cross it out. So then I end up with this, baptizing them in the... Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given... Under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved. And repent and remission of sins is done what? Preached in his name there. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I would like for the Father in the house to stand. The Father in the house, would you stand? The Father in the house. Are there any fathers in the house? Apparently all of our kids were virgin born. Are there any fathers in the house? Any fathers in the house? So. So when I say father, you've got all of us. And all of us fit that. Are you guys all fathers? Father, father, father. We all fit that. All of us. But there's a, there's a problem. There's a whole bunch of us here. And if I said to you, go to the father that has the $100 bill in his pocket... You'd have problems because you've got to choose which one of us has got a $100 bill in their pocket. I would say probably none of us. <laughs> but if they'd go, huh? That's right, because we are fathers. That's a good point. We don't have any money. But anyway, you would know where to go. Now then, I would like for all the sons to stand. Sons. If you're a son, stand. Now we really complicated issue. Because now all of these guys are sons. Every one of them are a son, but there's no specific son. So if I said to you, the son has $100 in his pocket, you just have to take your best luck at picking out which one has it. Why? Because there's a whole bunch of options here. Now then, is there anybody in the house that's a human spirit? Anybody who's a human spirit? You're still awake and alive today. Any human spirits in the house? Anybody who's a human spirit, would you stand? If you don't know, that's all of you. Okay, all of you. Human spirit. Now you got a real problem. Why? All of us fit that now as being a spirit. So we got a real problem. If we're just baptizing them in these titles here of a father or a son, you may be seated, or a human spirit, look, these are descriptive titles and roles of the one true God. It's not the name. It's nothing more than titles or roles. Here's your verse that goes along with it. For unto us a child is born, and un, unto us a son. Everybody said a son. A son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, wait a minute, we got a problem. He said a son was going to be born. And now you're saying he's the everlasting father? Uh-oh, we got a problem here. And not only that, you're saying that son is also the mighty God? We got a problem here. No, we don't have a problem here because the son and the father and the Holy Ghost are all one. They're not separate individuals. They're one. One, one, one. When you see the Almighty God, you see the Everlasting Father. When you see the Everlasting Father, you see the Prince of Peace. When you see the Wonderful, you're going to see what? The Wonderful. (laughs) 
Because son, all of them are one. So then look at the verse. Baptizing in in the name, then the emphasis goes to where? Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, folks. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name if you're going to be saved. Titles are going to do it, folks. You have to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's not me. It's the book. Now look at this. Instructions. Here's the instructions. You ready? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, Matthew 28 and 19. This is Jesus Christ giving instructions. Now, to whom was he talking? Well, look at verse number 16, same chapter. Who was there? Then the 11 disciples. So who was there when he heard him say in 28 and 19, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the God. Who, what? The disciples. All 11 of them was there. It's right there. And the 11 disciples, 11 disciples, they're right there. Now, Judas, where's he at? Long gone. He didn't make it. So there's 11 there. Hmm. Now this is the instruction. This is Jesus saying, this is what you need to do. And he, the 11 are there. He's given these 11 specific instructions. Now then, obeyed. Now, that was instruction. Now let's look at it being obeyed. But Peter standing up with, lifted up his voice. And said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. Now who is standing with him there? Wait a minute. Could that be the same guys that were over there? That 11 is 10 of those original ones with Peter and the new one that was added at the latter part of Acts chapter 1. Thias is now added because Judas is gone. That's the reason why there were only 11 there. And now we got 12, Peter, and the other 11 with him. But there are 10 of them that were there, including Peter, with Jesus when the instructions went out. Now, here are 10 of them listening to Peter. Now Peter's going to say this. But Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I believe if the other ten had thought that Peter was not saying exactly what Jesus had taught them in 2819, I think there would have been ten guys who were saying, Hold on there, Bubba. <laughs> hey, Peter. Because some of them had an attitude. Hey, Peter, hold on just one moment. You're not telling the truth. They're supposed to be baptized in the title of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But not one word was spoken from those ten other ten disciples to dispute when Peter said, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. You know why? Because they knew he got it exactly the way that Jesus wanted him to do it, folks. 
Man, they were saying exactly what they knew Jesus had said to them when he said, baptize in the name of what? The Son. Baptize in the name of the Father. Baptize in the name of the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, you got to get it all wrapped up in one big one. It's this, baptize in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for truth, folks. Oh, hallelujah. There's no contradiction. I, I'm just telling you, you've got to get this in your mind because if you ever talk to people, this is a great point when you bring it up. Is So you know better than the other ten disciples that were with Jesus that day. Do you telling me that you know what Jesus was saying by reading a verse when these guys were there with him? Uh-uh. They knew exactly. Very clear. There was no confusion. No dissension. They wasn't arguing about it. Nobody said one word. You can't find where they had one argument about it, but you can find out where every one of them backed him up. Because you know who received the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues? Those guys. You want to know who else was baptized in Jesus' name? Those same guys. All 11 those that were back there and heard Jesus say to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, every one of them were baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> Woo! Yes. I'm a father. I sure am. I am having a human spirit. That's me. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, my word. I hope you're getting this tonight, folks. I told somebody the other day, I said, well, if they're, if they're wanting to fuss about that right there, then just like we've, we've been heard many, many times, just write them a check for $1,000 at the bottom safe. Just write Father on there. Give it to them. And if the bank cashes it, you can sue the bank. <laughs> Just put that on there because that's nobody's name, folks. There's power in that name. That's a very good point, Bishop, because if I say, hey, Michael Hendrickson, now everybody in the house knows who I'm talking about because of the name that's there. Oh, oh thank God for revelation and knowing who he is, folks. Amen. Now, you guys ready? Your mind's sharp tonight? You got it all going on here? You ready? Don't look in your don't look in your Bible. Flip your notes over and look on to the back of the black sheet. But flip over your notes. Flip over your notes. Flip over your notes. Flip notes. Don't look at them. List from memory scriptures that record individuals being baptized in Jesus' name. I want you from your memory write down where that's in scripture. At least the chapter. Go ahead. This is homework. They're in class. This is study hall. But no chewing gum. No texting. And don't look on your Bible. We're going to find out in just a minute. I want you to see. If you know, let's remember the scriptures that record individuals being baptized. Not just baptized, but baptized in Jesus' name. Baptized in the name Lord Jesus in the scriptures. For remember, you got to know this stuff. It's important to know this. 
because you may not always have your little notes with you. <laughs> You're going to have to have some of this stuff in your snogging. <laughs> that knot on your shoulders. Lists from memory, scriptures that record individuals being baptized in Jesus' name, or the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm not going to spend much time there. I'm just giving you an opportunity. I want to kind of see if you, this is for you on. I'm not grading your paper here. I'm not going, I'm not going to have you stand up and go, I only had one, one pastor. <laughs> we're not going to do that, okay? <laughs> it's not what we're going to do. Okay. So now then, some of you wrote those down. It should be really quick and easy. Okay, where is one of those locations? Acts 10.48. Anybody else? Acts 19. Where's another one? Acts 8. Was, but Acts 8 and... Acts 10 and Acts 2, but Acts 2 doesn't actually say the in the name of Jesus, but we know they did because why in the world he would preach that? <laughs> because he wouldn't have preached being baptized in Jesus' name and then not baptize him in Jesus' name. But these three locations specifically state that. So now let us go look at these verses. Acts 8, 12 through 16. Oh, you may want to get your Bible. Now you can turn your notes back over. I just want to see if you knew it. Not for my, my knowledge, but for your knowledge. Acts chapter 8, verses 12 through 16. Acts 8, 12 through 16. And when somebody finds that, if they want to read it, that would be great. Acts chapter 8, 12 through 16. Anybody? Go ahead, Brother Burton. Well, I think they were baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> Let's go to another one. John, I mean Acts 10, 44 through 48. Somebody want to read that for us? Acts 10. Yes, Brother Walker? I think they were baptized in Jesus' name. What do you think? 
Now, I, it's, it's important that you see the progression that's going on here, how God worked. Again, as Bishop said, Acts chapter 2, it says they were baptized. Do you know who was baptized in Acts chapter 2? The Jews. That's exactly who it was. You read that and look through there. Um, it'll go through the, uh, those of Pamphylia and, and Phrygia and the parts of Cyrene, about Cyrene, all those. You go down through there. It was the Jews. Then we get over to Acts chapter 8. Where is he at? He's at Samaria. Now then, truth's being revealed to the Samaritans. Why? Why would that happen? Full-blooded Jews. The next one, Samaritans. Samaritans are what? Half-breeds. Half Jew and half Gentile. They're in the middle. Two Jews. Eight Samaritans, half-breeds. Ten, Cornelius and his household. Italian, who was that? Gentiles. So look at how God did it. Jews, then the half-breed Samaritans, and then I'm not making a, a negative statement when I say that. I'm just telling you the truth. Here, Samaritans, and then to the Gentiles. That's how God opened the door to salvation, first to those Jews, then to those that were part Jew and then those that were the Gentiles. Thank God he got over to Acts chapter 10 and opened the door up to every one of us that was there. But here's another example. One more we're going to go to is Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. I'm not going to teach much longer, so hopefully you can endure just a few more minutes. Hope this is helpful. Hope you're learning something. We need doctrine. You need to know what you believe. You need to know these chapters and where they're at and what it's got to do. Man, this is, a, this is who we are. This is who we are. We're Pentecostal. Acts 19, 1 through 7. Somebody want to read that for us? Anybody want to read that for us? Anybody? Anybody? Do we have anything? One. Yes, go ahead. Acts 19, 1 through 7. Acts 19, 1 through 7. Here's a big, this is really important for you in regards to baptism. Some people say, well, I've been baptized before. But if you're not baptized correctly, it doesn't work. See, because look at what he said to them. He said, what have you been baptized? Well, we know John the Baptist was baptizing people in water. <laughs> it's John the Baptist, okay? means he was baptizing people, okay? You know who he baptized? Anybody know who he might have baptized? Maybe Jesus. <laughs> he was baptizing people. So when he comes along, he says, and to what you were baptized? John. Well, John was not baptizing people in Jesus' name. <laughs> Why? Folks, 
John died before Jesus died. <laughs> he was killed. That means he was dead before he went to the cross. <laughs> so John wasn't baptizing in Jesus' name. So when we get to this portion of scripture here, he looks at me and says, you've been baptized in John's baptism, but wait a minute. That means you could not have been baptized in Jesus' name. So that doesn't work. So then that's the reason why you look at the rest of the, what it says in them. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> they had to get rebaptized to get it right. Because according to scripture, you have to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins and no other baptism will work. That's scripture. Here is a perfect example for people who need to be rebaptized. You may say, well, I'm not for sure what, I, what they called over me when I was baptized. Then you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Make sure you get it right. Or I didn't really understand all what was going on. I know it kind of went down, water, all that. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name with a complete understanding of why you're doing it and make sure the job gets done. Folks, this isn't an option. This is mandatory for you to make it to heaven. This is important, folks. Somebody say amen. I'm almost done. Thank you, Jesus. So now then, so what chapters do we have where it specifically says they were baptized in Jesus' name? Acts and, and, okay, now then. Who was, what, who was baptized? What group of people were baptized in Acts chapter 2? And Acts chapter 8? And what were the Samaritans? And who was baptized in Acts chapter 10? What group of people? Gentiles. In Acts chapter 19, they were re-baptized because they were not baptized in Jesus' name. And they had to get it right. <laughs> I'm almost done. New Testament believers were always baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is on the bottom of your page there. There is no, there is not one place or indication that anyone was ever baptized in the New Testament having titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost called over them. <laughs> never, never Never, 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 never. It's not there. You will never find anywhere in God's book. Are you ready for this? In the book of Alma, in the Mormons' book of Mormons, they baptize in Jesus' name. I know because I've had debates. And I'll say, now if you will take which one, if I prove in your Bible or prove the word of God, which one would you take? Are you going to take your Book of Mormon over the Bible? Because you, you sit in houses for two or three hours debating people. You get tired of that debating part. So then you sit there for us. So then you just ask them the question. If I can prove by the word of God that your book is wrong, which one are you going to take? And they'll always say, Book of Mormon because it's the latest revelation. That's when you say, see you later. You know why? The only thing we can work with is this. And if they're not going to take this, then your discussion's over because you can't do anything. we got to stay in this. Yeah. But it is good before they go to simply look at them and say, so 
how do, how do you guys baptize? And they will tell you. We baptize in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They also baptize for the dead. They also baptize for different things, whole nine, bunch of things, kids and everything. We had that debate inside of the, the uh, temple in Salt Lake City with me and Ken Wright and um, Mike, Mike Tuttle. We had with one of their el elders to the guy said, I think it's time for you guys to now leave. He told us to go ahead and go because we were talking about this and debating this. But in the book of Alma, in the book of Mormon, they baptize in Jesus' name. So I said, oh, then you don't even follow your own book. They forgot to mark that out somewhere in there. Maybe marked out now, I don't know, because they have prophets can make changes to that whole book. What am I saying? I thank God that the types and the shadows of the Old Testament line up perfect with the doctrine that we believe and we teach today in the New Testament church. I'm glad I don't have to mark out scriptures or hide verses or do anything. I, the book... Folks, you can go find your verses anywhere you want to, and I can help us to look at them and say that lines up with our doctrine that we teach in today. Amen. 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 Thank God we've got the book. I'm going to stop right there. It's 841, so I've been going about mm, 50 minutes, so let's all stand. It's probably about all you can handle for one night. I gave you all those notes there, but I've got more. I've got more. Why do we get baptized? And baptism is part of the way. Okay. Anyway, I got lots more. I just stopped and want to overwhelm you. I just want to let you know <laughs> you're walking in truth. You're walking in truth. You should love truth, but I want us to be indoctrinated in this message. I want to, if somebody asked you, say, how do you get, need to get baptized? You can go to Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter, and Acts chapter. And show them. You got the book and prove to them. We'll get into some more stuff and look at the, at the tabernacle and see how that lays out in regards to baptism and another type. Oh, man, it's beautiful. Amen. Got the word of God. I think it'd be great if we just take a moment and thank the Lord for truth. God, I thank you, Lord, again for your presence.